This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? And I know what you're thinking to yourself, guys. While well, Mike Rankin, you really let yourself go this week. <laughs> really let yourself go. Just kidding, Mike Rankin out with Sean. He's in Sioux City, Iowa. So the B-Squad is here. Ricky Widmer along with Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. Here on Behind the Pennant. Boy, do we got a show for you guys. We're going to be talking all... NFL free agency, a topic that me and you don't get to talk about. What that lucky much. guys we are to be recording this on the night of free agency. <laughs> the night of day one of free agency. It's a beautiful it, thing. It's been a great day one. We're going to look at really the three big topics. Da Bersh. We're going to look at the Philadelphia Eagles and then look at the Washington Redskins. But this Bears segment will be split up into two for my lucky cats on YouTube. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, thank you guys for giving us the listen today. But Dave, before we start the podcast, I have a very important question for you. Let's hear it. So earlier this week, Rich Eisen did his 40-yard dash, or he didn't run it. He actually just displayed it. Mm -hmm. So they pre-recorded at the Combine. Earlier this week, they showed it. And his goal yep. was to run the 40. He yep. didn't meet this goal, though, was to beat six seconds. He got 602. Oh. I got two questions for you. First off, if you ran a 40 right now, what time do you think you would get? How fast do you think you can run a 40? I think I can do it in 5'9". Five, 5'9", nine. Five, nine. Five, eight and above, or 5'8 and below, you beat the slowest time by an NFL player at the combine. Really? So if you can get 5'8", oh, go you go 5'8", you are better than the slowest time at a combine. Also, here's okay. your follow-up I'm question. actually, not, not, can I reconsider and change my 5'8 <laughs> then? Here's your follow-up though. Can you be the fastest guy to run a 40 of the MVP crew? Would you be the oh, best man. time out of the MVP tier? Because Mike Just, Rankin. Because Justin Brown, we asked the rankings on the PTP yeah. earlier this week. He had you at number one. I Brandon, appreciate the Brandon faith. can't believe it because Brandon's at three. I appreciate that. Didn't Brandon <laughs> run like track or something? He did. Ooh, he did. That's a, that's, a, that's a little slap in the face to Brandon. Brandon's at three in the Justin rankings behind Mark and yourself. I don't believe Mark at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I will I will happily take that number one. I'll, I'll go in cocky. Yeah, yeah. of course I'm cocky. the fastest like, person. And this is one where I throw it out to you guys. If you guys want to see that, let us know in the comment section. We're thinking about That'd be doing interesting that. interesting to see. And that's why I threw it out to you because yeah. I know that Brandon will watch this and be like, he'll, oh, yeah. he'll get yeah, upset Brandon, bring it on. because he thinks maybe he's we'll the throw fastest. If, if the fans want to see it, maybe we'll <laughs> even add a bet on top of it between oh. us. Maybe. A gentleman maybe. bet. Yep. I, I ain't betting nothing because I know my place oh. down at the bottom. <laughs> that's why when Justin had me at the bottom, I went, yep, that's exactly where I will stay. <laughs> but we're going to move on into the, the real discussion of this, and we're going to start with Da Bersh. Mary Schefter to you too. <laughs> Mary Schefter And the thing we're going to start out with is the most important position in football, the quarterback position. The Bears go out and they get what seems to be their guy, and Mike Glennon said, no, I do not want to be the highest-paid backup in the NFL. I want to go to a team. I want to start. He's going to get a three-year deal, $18.5 million in guarantees. Dave, I'm going to hit you with the big question. Yep. Overall, is this a good or bad move for Da Bersh? I, can I ride the fence on that one? <laughs> I, I really I don't love it. 
I mean, how am I supposed to be excited about Mike the Red Giraffe Glennon? There's nothing there to that's love. Your ba- that's your best nickname right now. Red Giraffe. The Red Giraffe. We got to pull up. We got to pull down below. Red Giraffe. Is that one going to work for us? That's, that's, that's option A. We'll see if we yep. can come up with four by the end of this. Um, but no, I mean, look, he hasn't had a ton of playing time. He was replaced pretty early on in his mm-hmm. career with uh, Jameis Winston, who phenomenal guy. I love him. I think it was absolutely the right move for the organization to make at the time. Uh, which is also why I'm not a huge fan of him. He's physically all there, but I think there's some problems with him and with his uh, with his uh, throwing stance, with his footwork in the pocket. He's deceptively good rolling out, but he seems to kind of take advantage of that six six height. That frame mm-hmm. is huge, and he just throws away some of the base mechanics that you know. He should have had down by now. Well, and for me, I was exactly not being a Bears fan. I. When it was like, oh, the Bears are going to get Mike Glennon, I was like, huh, okay. Like, it wasn't one of those yeah. things where even on the outside, it wasn't like, man, they hit the home run. Or I wasn't like, ooh, ooh, why why did you do that? I mean, he's no uh, Josh Freeman, as he's, you would know as a Vikings he's fan. He's no Josh Freeman. He's no, uh, he's no Webb either. Oh, he's no Webb either. But, no, this one to me, I think for the Bears, good or bad, I don't think this move is the one you go, no, this is the bad move. I think it's just it's a stepping stone. It's a one-year, you know, let's mm-hmm. see what we've got out of him. And worst-case scenario, we're still going to go develop a young quarterback behind him. Well, and that's the thing. I don't think Mike Glennon is the answer. He is not he's the guy. He's a bridge. He gets he is. You there. He's the exact bridge. And he's not the guy where it's like, man, Mike Glennon. Now if he develops into that, let's say he comes out. Phenomenal. You get to the playoffs this year. I'm not saying it'll happen. I am not Mike Rankin, but I am saying I'm just throwing the what-if game. If he gets you to the playoffs year one, then you rethink it and you go, huh, maybe we do not need to uh, think about replacing him sooner than we thought we did. The biggest thing that this move does for the Bears in my mind Mm -hmm. is it solidifies the fact that now Ryan Pace, John Fox— they do not have to sit there and go, great, we've got the monkey on our back that we have to take a quarterback third overall. Now they can say, nope, Mike Glennon's our guy, he's our starter, we will get a quarterback later, not take it at number three. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on there with your thoughts because this is an organization that has been behind the eight ball for a mm-hmm. long time. You know, the expectations in Chicago, we're a very vocal public, the media is uh, not going to throw any punches for you. So honestly, it was just a whole lot of, you know, you've got Cutler, you've got all these offensive weapons around him between Marshall, Bennett, Jeffrey, Forte. You just load up on mm-hmm. all these names and you're like, how come you guys aren't winning? How come you're not competing for a championship? And now it's like, okay, we've accepted we're, we're moving in a different direction. We're rebuilding. Mike Glennon is this guy. He's a placeholder. He's what we're going to kind of leave as the mm-hmm. here's our here's our balance act right now. And then, you know, we'll fill up around him. We'll develop young players. I'm happy to see that finally happen because I felt like the old Bears regime kind of was dying a slow death. We we watched players we loved, you know, who, when we had that championship team. And ever since then, it's just been like a slow decline. We had that, we had that spike mm-hmm. for that year with Gase, and I loved it. But The 2014 season. season. But then we went back to reality. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I loved how you said behind the eight ball, because when it comes to quarterbacks, that's exactly what the Bears have been. It's been one of those things where – even you look at Jay Cutler, you make the trade for him right before the 09 season. Mm-hmm. You have him from, he spends 09 to 2016 as a Bears. He is now released, no longer on the roster. And during that time, the Bears never 
They never went out, and I'm not saying they had to in the first round, but they never even third, fourth, they never took that guy where you thought, okay, this is the guy they're going to develop for the future. They never did a New England Patriots, let's say that. Go in the second, third round and say, we're going to take Jimmy Garoppolo, although we got Tom Brady. They they never did that, and they were always the one where it's like, this quarterback's done, oh, where's our answer? Oh, wait, we've got nothing. We've got nothing to do. Yeah, no, I mean, and even before Jimmy, it was, you Mm -hmm. know, Hoyer, it was uh, Matt Castle, like Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. It's the succession planning. It's Mm -hmm. it's a well run organization for New England and uh, a franchise in Chicago where we're not exactly great at drafting. And that's that's being generous. Uh, We've had a lot of misses. Maybe we just have a problem developing talent. Like it's it's Mm -hmm. across the board questions as an organization as a whole. But I feel like that. Not not doing a succession planning for the most important position in sports, like you you started this off with, that is just a colossal failure, and it's public, and everyone knows it because we're watching year after year. And not not to knock on Jay, but when he did miss time, it was like ah, we're screwed. Yeah, it's it was just oh, like oh crap. We what, got what do we got? We got we got we got a couple guys we brought in from other teams who may know the system but don't know our play. Well, yeah. and that's why it was very refreshing when it was like oh wait, the high school teacher can play. McCown can play? Oh, man. Dude, the high school teacher can play, I loved him. I loved having him around here. He was a great presence in the locker room, and he was a professional. Like, and the thing with Jay, it wasn't, and I don't want to get this onto a Jay conversation, but the thing with Jay is the biggest argument that I'm hearing from fans just on the local radio here is, oh, well, he never had the help. He never had the team. You never had this. Some guy called in and was like, oh, well, you know, the the difference between between Jim McMahon and Jay Cutler is that Jim McMahon never turned the ball over. Well, Caller later called in and was like, well, yeah, but Jim McMahon had the best defense ever of any NFL Just, team, arguably. Yeah, yeah. And Jay Cutler never had anything around him during his entire career. Now, the thing with Mike Glennon coming in, it's, to me, almost a similar, not similar in the fact that he never had anything to do or anything going around him in Tampa, but he's a guy, came in 2013 into the league. Yep. He played 13 games in that season. Then the next year in 2014, only played six games. The other 11 games were by um, Josh McCown. And then after that, the team drafts Jameis Winston and the rest is history. He doesn't play at all in 2015, which was Jameis's rookie season. And then this past season, he only saw two games and only had 11 attempts. Yeah, he only in really those played games. one. So it it was it's been an interesting ride for Mike Lennon. Um, do do we think there's potential there? I think we have to. I mean, there's no reason we would actually sign him to a contract with mm-hmm. guaranteed money if we didn't think he could play to some level. Um, I think what we saw of him most recently, you know, that last game he played, uh, 10 of 11, 90% completion, 75 yards, touchdown. Like, yeah, it was against Atlanta. It was a blowout game and time where mm-hmm. it didn't really matter. But I, I think in all honesty, there there is hope there. there. There's a chance that this guy can be a okay quarterback, and I think that's where I'm going to, like, he's low-end Andy Dalton. That's And just because they're both red hair. That's how I'm tossing <laughs> out there. But no, I mean, well, you got the red giraffe. You got, you got it. You got it. Um, so, no, I think that Glennon, honestly, is he's just going to be okay. You know what you brought up, though, that got me thinking? Mm-hmm. You, you brought up, you know, the Jay Cutler record um, and, you know, the support around mm-hmm. him. And I honestly am starting to wonder, like, this Bears team, are we going to build for the future? Is it going to be built up? I think so. I think. Yeah, but, well, but, but the question is, how are we going to do it? Because we, we've watched, you know, this team have mm-hmm. – uh, uh, 
complete I don't even know what to call it. I don't know what to call it because it's not as bad as the Browns at quarterback. But well, we've had a parade of quarterbacks that have been unsuccessful in leading this team forward. From what so I've... if it's Mike Glennon or if it's the guy next to Mike Glennon, mm-hmm. how are we? How is this team going to figure out the plan now? What I What's going to change? What I think the Bears are doing, and I heard this on ESPN. I think it was um, Jay Hood said this today. He was filling in for um, David Kaplan on Cap and Company, and he threw out the thought of. The main reason why the Bears pulled the trigger on Mike Glennon was, you got to think of this, this is the third year of this regime, of the Pace-Fox regime, and it's really like, yeah, they're three years in, but they're finally starting the rebuild now, especially at the quarterback position. And this should have happened year one. New coach comes in, I want my guy day one. I don't want to deal with this old guy, and I kind of felt like, you know, John Fox might have had Jay Cutler forced onto him in a way because he comes in and it's like, well, there's not many options out there. And really, like, I never thought the Bears were as aggressive to say, you know what, we're going to take a stand. We're moving on from Jay right now. This was the time where they had to move on from Jay. And I feel like we've seen in, in our text message group for MVP, Rankin and Mark and Sean even mentioned it. You look at this, the team right now, Brian even asked the question, well, what does this team have? Yep. And the big thing, you look at defense, and Sean even said, oh, our linebackers, how did you build that? You've built it so far through the draft with what? Ryan Pace. The, well, dra- the, the, the draft? Guy, no. You've got the young guys and then the guys like McPhee and the guys that you've added in free agency. I was going to say Danny Trevathan. Yeah, Danny Trevathan. But to me, I'm looking as an outsider, as a Viking fan, I look at the guys that you've drafted, the Eddie Goldman's um Goldman was good. The, I'll the give really, you that. really the only flop pick that Pace has had to me, like early flop pick, is Kevin White. But the question I want to throw out that I heard today mm-hmm. that I never heard anyone throw out this question, and this was from Tom Waddle, was can you really blame Ryan Pace for picking Kevin White there? Because it was an injury. That is why we're saying he's a bust. It wasn't. I like totally a, can. It wasn't like a. Well, he can't run the routes and he can't catch. It's just you. You can't predict if a guy is going to get injured or not. That's where Tom Waddle was going with that one. And I, I understand it. I don't want to blame him because it's an injury. I, mm-hmm. I want to blame him because I think it was a luxury pick mm-hmm. that we could have gone a different direction with. Again, I, I was hoping we wouldn't be picking that high again for a long time. Yes. Whoa. Now, now we're now at number we three. Well, and I mean, I'll throw this out there. I'll throw the hypothetical out there. Of course, the Bears, a lot of us in conversation with that third overall pick is we're saying safety, either Hooker or Adams, take your pick. It doesn't matter. The Bears would be happy with any of them. But depending how the rest of this draft process goes, Mm -hmm. if you're the Bears at three, do you sit there and go, huh, we lost Alshon Jeffrey in free agency. Don't do this to me. Corey Davis is sitting there. Do you pull the trigger maybe on Corey Davis instead of going defense? No, I think I think we have to go defense. Now, you know, the name out there that everybody's projecting is Allen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in our group we're looking for more of a leader on that mm-hmm. defense, uh, a, a high-impact player. Allen might have the top, the highest, you know, uh, end result for what he can do in his career, but we are kind of, we're doing pretty good as far as our front seven, to be honest with you. Like, that's one area I'm not super concerned about. So I feel like, well, it's best player available – we might get a higher impact out of going safety early. Um, yeah, and that's – I don't feel like wide receiver is the right move. I think Corey Davis, I feel like that's that's a reach on Because I, I think the name's going to get out there. The name is it's going possible, to be there because I, 
right I don't now, feel good about it. Because right now he's being projected to, as going into the combine, we kind of saw the flip of Mel Kuyper kind of started it with his mock draft of, oh, maybe Mike Williams isn't the number one right. wide receiver in this draft class. And I feel like as we get closer to the draft, five is going to be so close to three that we start to go, well, oh, do the Bears maybe go for an offensive weapon if they can't find one in free agency? And the thing with Jonathan Allen, the big thing coming out of the combine mm-hmm. is, and we've heard it in the comment section at nauseum post-combine, is the arthritis in his shoulder. Where right. You see that and you just go, nope, I don't want it. Now, am I looking at that saying, no, I don't want it? Not really. Is it a minor red flag to me? Of yeah. course it is, but I still think he's a quality pick at number three. I think if he's there at number three, it's a choice between, well, which safety do we want or Jonathan Allen? Which one do we feel like we yeah. need more with? I would go safety only because unless you think Jonathan Allen's going to create so many sacks for you, you got to go with the defensive position that's going to affect Matthew Stafford. It's going to affect Sam Bradford. It's going to affect Aaron Rodgers, the king of the hill in that entire division. you got to worry about what is going to defend the quarterback that you're going to go up against. And, I mean, even later, I mean, this kind of goes into that, too. With Mike Lennon now on the roster, Mm -hmm. the big thing, you even mentioned it before we hit the record button, looks like the Bears not going to go quarterback at three. They can go quarterback with their first pick. It's like, what, 33, 34? Somewhere in there. That first pick in the third round, or that third pick in the second round that they have. Some are like, oh, we can go quarterback there. What if the Bears go? And it depends on where they go. The guy that they liked from the Senior Bowl, Zay Jones, is there. They can go him in the second round. The Bears now have options yeah. because they've solidified Mike Glenn at the quarterback position. No, I think it's, again, it's not a bad pickup because, okay, I'll, I might get some shit for this, but I really like Barkles. Um, you do. Matt Barkley. I think he was, he showed me a lot in the last couple of games. Is he a little turnover prone heavy? I think those games kind of dictate themselves. Like, we mm-hmm. know what kind of position we were in. He wasn't given a winning hand, so he just went out there and sl- was slinging the ball around like there's no tomorrow because there wasn't. Um, I-, I honestly would have liked to give him a shot to uh, run with the team to start the season. But you know what? Maybe in training camp we'll see something interesting. We'll see a little bit of competition between the two. I know, you know you're going to call me an idiot because Glenn's got the guaranteed money. Well, if but I think it'd be interesting. I wasn't going to call you an idiot. I was just going to throw out, do you even, if you're the Bears... Do you for sure say, no, Glennon's the starter, or do you say, no, we're going to come in with a competition, try to not make it like, yeah, you know, this is your job. you got to earn it. Yeah, guaranteed money's hard to uh, turn into a competition, mm-hmm. like when you have a contract like Mike Glennon just received. So I think I think you let it—you you can call it whatever you want mm-hmm. it, but I'm, I'm really going to be watching closely that co- that competition between the two of those going into this training camp and uh, in the early preseason games. I think that will be awesome. Honestly, the big question, though, is like— in your mind, because mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're kind of on we're we're both as a neutral opinion of Glennon yeah. right now. What what would be a successful season to you, to Mike Glennon? A successful season, yep. maybe if I if the Bears go seven and nine, I'm ecstatic. If we go if if the Bears go eight and eight, I'm ecstatic. That's, that's the I'm Bears' a Bear team. I'm, ta- I'm talking Glennon, like Glennon as a whole. Yeah, if, if he goes, I don't know, I'll toss out some numbers. Mm-hmm. Like if he goes, you know. 20 and 15 touchdowns to interceptions with like 3,000 yards, 20, 2,700 yards. The like, big, are you going to be okay with that? I See, with me, I wouldn't be – this year, if I'm looking at Glennon, I wouldn't be focused on the numbers at all. I would be focused on the look because the thing that was going on in my head mm-hmm. is 
I'm thinking that another reason why this has happened is the big thing that we were talking about at the end of the year. I know we talked about it in our text group at nauseum. Should they fire John Fox? John Fox has probably known that, hey, you know what? The seat's getting a little hot. Let's get Mike Glennon. Let's try to win me some games so that I can say, this is me at the end of the year. If Mike Glennon looks decent, let's say he doesn't look decent. What John Fox can then do at the end of the year and say, he can go and say, you know what? Jay Cutler wasn't my guy. This is the guy I want. Don't fire me. Yep. Let's get rid of Dahl Loggins. Because we see <laughs> that's an easy. we've seen a huge kind of change between yeah. when we had Adam Gaze and when we had Dal Loggins. I'm speaking as John Fox right yeah. now. Yeah, no, no, I, to where he could probably mm-hmm. if if he can get Glennon to be good but not too good, right. he could use Dal Loggins as a scapegoat and get an extra few years. No, or get I, eight extra year. I was gonna say I think Dal Loggins is is low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I think that's an easier place. Um, I'll be curious to see how he plays out this season. Um, I think, obviously, we're going to play heavily around Howard. You know, the emergence of him last year is mm-hmm. huge. So my only thing is, like, yeah, that would be great, but, like, they're going to pack the box against us now because we don't have weapons. Jeffrey. You know, we picked up Marcus Wheaton um, in free agency. That was our uh, which, which spicy like. offensive weapon. You, you saw that one. You're like, oh, I like that one. I do. I do. It's just a question of, I mean, he adds some speed if he's healthy. If he's mm-hmm. healthy, it's great. But same problem. If our number one and two wide receiver, if they're healthy, we're we're not looking so good on offense when Kevin White and uh, Wheaton are both question marks due to injury. Well, and I mean, you have your top two receivers. I'm looking at rlads.com. Right now yep. on paper, your top two receivers, not including Wheaton, mm-hmm. um, just the ones that you had here, Kevin White and Eddie Royal, both were injured last year. So really the guy who played last year, who would kind of be your number one off of Performance, oh, Cameron Meredith. Cameron Meredith. He's <laughs> he's there. He's the like, and that's uh, even the thing where. And it's we better, also we need more draft picks. That's my we do, answer. Well, we really just need to go deep in this draft. And that's and why, just, if I'm the Chicago Bears, yeah. I am praying to the football gods that Zay Jones does not creep into the first to the low first round. That'd be an interesting because grab. if he can be there at that third pick in the second round, I think what the Bears can then do is say, you know what, let's. Push the quarterback position to round number three because I feel like when you get Mahomes, when you get Davis Webb, when you get Nathan Peterman, any of those, those guys, outside guys yeah. I feel like it's going to be, hey, you know what? And Peterman was the guy the Bears, I think it was either Peterman or Davis, I want to say Peterman, that the Bears were kind of looking at senior bowl because the Bears got to work with the North guys. They right. got to work with those guys. That's why they like Zay Jones so much because they actually got to work with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Bears have options here. They have options because of Mike Glennon and because of that kind of the end this up to answer the question at whole. I'm not going to say it's a bad move. I'm not going to say it's a good move. I'm going to say it's a mediocre move by the Chicago Bears because the biggest thing it does positive for you in my sense is it gives you options in the draft where you don't have to handcuff yourself to a quarterback. What do you think? Good or bad move or like I said mediocre? I think I'm going to have to land on mediocre. Uh, it it would have been a good move if we didn't give him so much guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. I think that's my only qualm with this. It's not that we don't have the money because we, we do, but we're a penny-pinching organization. The fact that, you no, know. I mean, why did you lose Stephen uh, uh, Gilmore? Or not Gilmore. Why did you lose A.J. Bouye? 
Because he wanted five hundred thousand. He wanted point five, point yeah. five mil. About five hundred thousand dollars. That's what uh, he wanted. Yeah. So as, as an organization, I think we're pretty cheap. So it's surprising we give him that much money and guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I think I'm I'm going a little on the negative side for this one. If, if I, my my meter's going a little negative, a little bit and, in the red. And to just remind you, eighteen point five million in guarantees for Mike Glenn. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section. What do you guys think about the Mike Glennon signing? But Dave, we're going to move on into kind of part two of this Bears conversation here on Behind the Pen. If you are on YouTube, thank you for coming in for segment numero dos. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, thank you for keep on keeping on as we continue this Bears conversation. And now we've looked at the team. We've talked about the quarterback position, this and that, Dow Loggins we mentioned in there. But now I want to take a look at the free agency that we have seen so far. It's only been a day of free agency as we are recording this, but already in one day, everyone coming in. I felt like in the comment section on Twitter that we were getting, there were two names that everyone was throwing out. And Mike Rankin on Behind the Pen last week even mentioned one of these names in his Who Should the Bears Kind of Target in the draft and free agency, mm-hmm. and that was Stefan Gilmore, the cornerback from the Buffalo Bills, and A.J. Bouye, the cornerback from the Houston Texans. Well, guess what? Gilmore whiffed on the Bears. You find out after that really the Bears weren't in question. They gave their contract and did not budge. Not negotiators. They wanted to give to Gilmore. He's going to go five years to the New England Super Bowl champions. And then you have A.J. Bouye, and this is the one that kind of, if I'm a Bears fan, it sticks with me because— A.J. Bouye is going to get a contract from the Jacksonville Jaguars that's going to come out to about it's a five-year contract. Annually, it's going to be $13.5 million. What did the Bears want to give him? A six-year deal that is worth $13 million. So he snubbed you for one last year and about $500,000 less. Well, on top of that, you got to remember that uh, Florida has no uh, taxes down there. No taxes. So, you know, that's, it's going to add up to a couple million more. Um, but still kind of ridiculous that the Bears wouldn't pony up the money. It's interesting that the, the one-year difference, though, I wonder if he thinks he can get one more big contract out of his career. Well, and I, You lock a, a guy down? I with a contract that's five years, though, like five years I'd be like, you know what? He's still Whatever. a spring chicken. It's one of those things. Still and a spring chicken. It may, like, to me, this kind of brings up, and this is a question that I will throw to you first, is uh-huh. based on these two guys alone, and then we can even throw Jeffrey in there, too, on top of it, how bad did the Bears miss out in free agency so far? It's been a disappointing day as a Bears fan. I think there, there were not there are a lot of potential names out there mm-hmm. for uh, ways to improve this team, and I feel like we missed a lot of them, a lot, a lot. Uh, but again, maybe that's a good thing because we're not going out and trying to do the Bears thing. Where mm-hmm. let's go sign a bunch of over the hill guys, or not over the hill, but guys a little longer in the tooth and uh, some mm-hmm. more veterans, and keep trying to win now. I think, it's, I think it could be the sign of acceptance that, hey, you know what? We don't need to go out there and free agency and spend a ton of money to load up with guys. Let's just make sure the guys we've got, we know where they're at. We know if they're going to be part of the plan for the future. And uh, if there is the right deal out there for a younger player, uh, let's take it. Well, and that's the thing that, like, what I was thinking was, the first thing I thought of was, why aren't these players wanting to come to the Chicago Bears? And in Gilmore's case... I can kind of see. If you have a choice between playing for the Super Bowl champions Mm -hmm. in the New England Patriots, a team that's been to the AFC title game, what, six times now in a row? It's ridiculous how many times they go to the conference title game. 
and then even to the Super Bowl, I can see that side of it. Plus, it's one of those things where he played for Buffalo. He gets to stick it to the Buffalo Bills twice a year now, (laughs) now playing in New England. But then you look at A.J. Bouye, and I'm thinking, okay, what, what do the Jaguars have that the Bears don't? Because really, I would think that the Bears, if you're going to say, Ricky, who's got a better chance of winning the Super Bowl this year? I would say, well, on paper, it's Jacksonville. Hmm. But realistically, I'm going to say the Chicago Bears because we were talking before we were recording the podcast. It's like, how is this Jacksonville team just underperforming left and right? But this is a move, especially a Bouye, yep. where I'm thinking he's saying, yeah, he's getting $0.5 million more with this contract. And like you said, no state tax in Florida. But another thing you could be looking at is, hey, this is a team that's loaded up on defense, especially in the draft the oh, past yeah. few years. Let me go down there. Let me be that veteran presence to a team with a new direction, with a new guy in the front office of Tom Coughlin, oh, who is a proven, the dream. a proven Super Bowl yep. commodity and built the Giants into what they are, and also new head coach Doug Marone. Now, this is a team on the upcline. I think that uh, that I don't blame A.J. Boye for not mm-hmm. wanting to go to the Chicago Bears because a six-year deal, yeah, I mean, that would probably hopefully cover our whole rebuild. And uh, On that field, though? Six years on that field? Oof. Ooh, that's Ooh, not good for anybody. It's not going to be good. Uh, but no, I, I think I, I can't blame the man. Um, I, I blame the Bears. I feel like, uh, again, on one end, it's great that we're not you know throwing away money on mm-hmm. veterans. But Bouye is twenty five. Uh, we did go out and sign um, um, Dion Sims, uh, the tight end from the Dolphins, mm-hmm. twenty six year old. Okay, fine. I'm good with those guys in that like near prime, you know, just under prime age. So. That's fine with me, and then Marcus Wheaton as well. So we got a couple of names, but by and large, this is still a Bears team that's incomplete and is going to need a hefty helping from the draft to fill in this roster. Well, and another thing I think of, and this is kind of piggybacking a little bit of what we mentioned at the tail end of our last discussion mm-hmm. of, I kind of threw out there with the Mike Glennon thing that, oh, they made the signing because John Fox doesn't want to lose his job. He knows that there's a little bit of a hot seat he can have Glennon, blah, blah, blah. You guys watched it. You guys know what I said. Yep. But in this case, with the penny pushing, that's what I want, or the penny Ooh, pinching, the I pinching. should say. Yeah. What I think this is, is this is more on Ryan's pace side, where he's like, you know what? This is a town that if you make a bad move, i.e., like, I'm not saying it's a bad move, but I'm saying, like, if it's not widely accepted, looking in hindsight right yep. now, yep. Jay Cutler. Is not a good move. Fans are not like, and Tom Waddle even said it, for the rest of eternity, when Jay Cutler comes back to Chicago, you will have 50% of people, Mike Rankin being one of them, that will go to bat for the guy and defend the guy and give him all the breaks in the world. And there will be the other 50% that I kind of have myself lean on (sighs) where you're not a fan and he wasn't good enough and this and that and the other guy. Where Ryan Pace, I think, is sitting here going, I could give him this money, mm-hmm. but would I rather – it's kind of two things. Would I rather sign him and then he ends up being a bust and I'm hearing it for the rest of that contract, probably getting fired halfway through oh, yeah. it. no doubt. Or do I deal with the backlash now, continue with my plan, especially like you said, through the draft, yep. and just deal with it now and get through it? I think that's what he's doing. I'm going to deal with it now continue with our plan and eventually get through it. Yeah, I think that that is the right direction to take in. You know, no one's ever going to agree on Cutler mm-hmm. and his time here, but one thing that we can all say is that, you know, it didn't go out as we all planned. We all expected the larger things out of him, 
And for yeah, one I remember reason, the day, I remember one the reason day or another, it didn't work him. out. I remember the day you guys got them. Again, Cloud nine here in Chicago. It's a team sport, and, mm-hmm. and we did not put the best team out there, and we didn't perform when we had the right guys. So I, I think that there, there's no real hard feelings between uh, myself and Jay, mm-hmm. you know, good friends that we are. <laughs> but and no, Baby Cutlet, don't forget Baby, baby Cutlet. cutlet. Um, but yeah, it was time to move on from mm-hmm. him, and Mike Lennon is a safe bet for now, and that is that is fair. I don't blame mm-hmm. I don't blame this organization. I don't blame Pace. It it just makes sense to to take a small step forward and be like, all right, we're gonna close the door on this whole drama saga, <laughs> and we're gonna move on from it. Go clean start, media. And, don't hate me. <laughs> and the thing that I'm throwing out there, you as the Bears fan, yeah. this is why I'm throwing it out there, yep. is using Gilmore and Bouye as the microphone, microscope, we're going to focus in on it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, are you confident as a Bears fan that hopefully it's going to get past this and free agents are going to go, I want to go play there. I want to go play for Chicago. It's hard to sell a 3-13 and 13 team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also hard to sell an organization that for decades has not paid top dollar for its players and not want to retain players who are fantastic by means of paying them. So it's we have a really bad precedent set in Chicago and uh, the McCaskey family, you know, it, it they're 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 the legacy of the NFL in Chicago, but at the mm-hmm. same time they're literally just shooting ourselves like we're shooting ourselves in the foot by refusing to pay up during free agency. And, you know, it seems like when they do, I don't know why, but it's almost as bad as Washington when we go in free agency and it's just like, let's throw $100 million at Albert Hainsworth. That's a great idea. Like, we haven't had anything that colossally bad fuck up, but he'll we're not too on, far he'll behind. He'll stomp on someone's head, though. Not, not too far it. behind that $100 million contract. It's just, I think in in next year, if we win five games or six mm-hmm. games, that God forbid, you know, six games, woo, parade, Chicago. <laughs> Um, we're now the Oakland Raiders. We're now, <laughs> hey man, did, you, you ate those words. You ate those words. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's an easier sell. It's mm-hmm. right now. It's it's very unclear to a lot of people what the vision is for the Chicago Bears team is. So it's hard to sell the future. Uh, and we were using Jacksonville as a parallel earlier mm-hmm. on with with Tom Coughlin. We we're talking about all the names they've brought in and building up that defense and building through the draft and really selling them on. Hey. We're, you know, one to two pieces away from making that jump from being a bottom on team to contending every year for a playoff spot. And I truly believe that. And I believe with Coughlin in place, he's going to lead them in that direction. When I look at the Bears team, I don't know what we are. I don't know where we're going. I know we're the the hope is to build through the draft. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, what's our core? Who who is our uh who is our rock on this roster and who are we building around? I can tell you what we're missing. That's a lot of pieces. And I just, it, it's hard to go in free agency and, you know, give that uh, buddy, buddy, you know, all right, so you come here and we're going to win ourselves a championship. You can't, you can't say that. You can't promise anything to these guys. And if we can't pay top dollar and you can't promise a playoff contention shot, there's no motivation to come here. So it's really just take a flyer on this guy who has some upside like Mike Lennon. And we can hope for the best out of it. Hope that he's able to get us a few more wins. It's maybe like the number I threw out, seven and nine. That seven might, and nine would be fantastic. Even six and ten, five and eleven, I think, is an easier sell. I think five, than three and thirteen. Oh, I completely agree, and, and I, I think that we're going to watch a lot of these guys who um, are going to get a lot more playing time between mm. the rookies we're going to draft this year and the past couple of years of draft haven't been amazing for us. We, we know that already. 
But, you know, we're going to see some more time with those guys on the field because we're not going out in free agency and getting a lot of veterans mm-hmm. to cover up this roster. And the thing that I think, and this is kind of going into, because right now I look at what the Bears have in free agency and what you've lost. Right now what you lost is Brian Hoyer, you lost Jefferson or Jeffrey, and then you lost Paulson. That's it. Those are the only three losses, a tight end, a wide receiver, and a quarterback. The guys you get... You get Sims, like you mentioned, yep. Glennon, like we've mentioned, Wheaton, like you mentioned, and then also Quentin Depps coming over from, I think, the Texans playing um, strong safety. But you get guys fourth season, four, like three guys entering their fifth season, Demps entering his tenth season, and there's nothing sexy there. But I look at even Alshon Jeffrey. This was, I thought the Bears planned the whole time, and I even said this on the onside kick was, Go out there. See what you're worth. And then when no one was coming with offers or like there were offers, but it wasn't what Jeffrey really wanted. Like he wanted that $14 million that I just thought what it was going to be is, hmm, well, the market's not there like you thought it was. Guess what? Here we are. Here's the deal. You're going to come back. You're going to play for us. That's what I thought it was going to end up being. And he was just going to come back. And you, you don't lo- insult a player like that, you especially lose, when he's you, potentially a franchise player. You lose out on him, and I think that's the big thing. Like It's all the losing out that they've done. The fans wanted Gilmore. We wanted Bouye, wanted Jeffrey back. And to me, out of the three, Bouye's the one where I go, Can you, could you just pay the man? <laughs> could you just give him, like, if, if I was the Bears— and the thing is, oh, I want that extra year that ends up being less. If I was Mike Pace and it was re- or Ryan Pace and it was really that important to me, yep. I would say, you know, fuck the sixth year. Here you go, five years, same deal you're getting in Jacksonville. No, I think that's. I think it's absolutely reasonable. If we really want to drop the money, mm-hmm. we have the cap money. Yeah, There's, it's not like we're tied by by salary cap right mm-hmm. now. Um, it just turns into a, you know what, take the offer. We're okay without you, kind of a thing. Would we like to have you? Sure, but we're not going to go out of our way well, and extend an olive branch to you. And that's it's a, again, if you're not going to pay them the most money, they know they're not mm-hmm. competing. Well, why would I want to come there to well, a franchise that's not going to make a second effort or a third effort to get me there? Well, and not just that. Show this, me you want me. These are two things that could have this whole free agency period. And I know it's like this is the day we overreact. Yes. Day one happens. We over we overreact in two ways. <laughs> we either overreact this way. My team's not doing anything. We're fucking losers. Blah 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 blah. Or you overreact react in the other way. Oh, dude, do you see what we got? Super Bowl champions. Kind of like what we did on the onside kick with the Giants. Kind of already talking about could they be Super Bowl favorites just by adding Brandon Marshall. You guys are out your minds. But the two things that I think the Bears really miffed on that set up this free agency period yep. is they from the start put the image out there that yeah we're we're just gonna let Jeff we're not gonna tender Jeffrey we're not gonna look at like we're just gonna release Jay Cutler mm, if anything yeah. you had to play the game so that teams thought oh hey I'm interested in Jay let's work out a trade then you guys could have done so I mean look at the Browns they traded for Brock the cock Cockadoo do and then they said, "Yeah, we'll probably cut you. We might trade you, but we'll cut you." It's the draft picks we really wanted. Yep. I mean, it look you see a team like that and they're wheeling and dealing and I just look at the Bears and I go, "You guys basically let the league know 
that why am I going to trade for these two? Because you're just going to get rid of them anyways. I'll deal with them in free agency. That, to me, set all of this, set up this first day for the Bears. It's a team without a plan, ship without a rudder, whatever you want to say about it. It's just we we don't know where we're going as a franchise, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest thing that hits home for us. I wouldn't even be like overly mad at the at the misses in free agency if I didn't know that it was like five hundred thousand dollars, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> shit, start a start a GoFundMe. Like I will pay to get some talent here. Chicago wants we. Three and thirteen is not okay. Me, the, the go fund me for AJ Bouye. <laughs> Seriously, three and thirteen isn't okay. I don't think you get another three mm-hmm. and thirteen, and you should be in. Unless you're John, the Browns, John. Yeah, well, the Browns are. <laughs> you got the Browns baggage. That's that's a whole. We don't got time for that. But no, I don't think John Fox is a head coach still. If we go three and thirteen again, I don't. Think, I think you got to make some sort of moves to show some improvement, show some some signs of life over uh-huh. here as a Bears fan. Well, let's put it this way: look at Jeff Fisher. Look, Look at, at Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Fisher. He was oh my God! What the, a dumpster. He was the one that, of the that, like two back-to-back bad seasons. Gone. Now the Rams hired new head coach. Well, well the Rams just they didn't do themselves any favors. But Jeff Fisher handled mm-hmm. the situation so poorly. I mm-hmm. take lessons. Take lessons from how to not be a head coach. I mean, he made every wrong move. But like the thing is, we're a three and thirteen team, and if we bring back the majority of these players, what does that say? That are we okay with failure? Mm-hmm. That's that's an absolute garbage. I mean, let's uh, that's be honest. unacceptable. Injuries did play a oh, little I bit know. of a part, Injuries especially with that field. Were you know? Can, can I we blame the field? Can say, we get a GoFundMe for a short term? Can we turn this? Can we, can we dome? Like this is awful. We we have the worst field in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oakland plays in a freaking baseball diamond, yeah. and we have worse field than you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A lot more injuries too, but, yeah. especially towards the end of the year. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Unsettled thoughts. But go on what you were going to no, say. It's just the fact that if I see them re-sign the same exact guys who are mm-hmm. on this roster who contributed to that 3-13 and 13 record, I mean, yeah, sure, some of them still have room to improve. Some of them are still young guys, but I don't want that to be the culture. I don't want to get to where we're the Browns. And that's mm-hmm. a long-term failure is not okay with me. It's not okay with Chicago, and the media will murder you in Chicago for doing that. And I think that it's one of those things where – like you said, John Fox maybe just trying to do enough to keep his job. Ryan Pace just doing enough. But if they're not getting the cooperation of the organization to spend money, if they don't have a completely aligned vision, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to re-sign, you know, Deontay Thompson, and we're going to re-sign C.J. Wilson, we're going to re-sign all of these guys who didn't do anything for us. Like Marquise Wilson, are we going to drag him along for another year? Like how many times can this guy get hurt and stay on a contract and drop balls and stay on a contract? And it's just like... It, it's a whole locker room vibe mm-hmm. of failure is okay. Well, and right now I am looking, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at the quarterback position, and how we'll end this is kind of like a who should the Bears go after forward in this free agency? Because like I said, this is overreaction time. And this is day, day one. one. has happened. Yep. There's still a lot of names out there. I'm looking at the free agency tracker on NFL.com. I'll give you – do you want the top five available cornerbacks – do you want their top five yeah, available? Let's hear it. At the top of the list right now is, and I think this is um, based off of their rank that they have. So Prince of Makamura is at the top. Okay. He's still unsigned. Last year was with Jacksonville. Brandon Carr, still unsigned, still out there. Nolan Carroll from Philly is still out there. Morris Claiborne from Dallas. And then you have Brandon Flowers from the Los Angeles Chargers. 
technically San Diego for last year, but the L.A. Chargers. So there are guys still out there for the Bears to get. One, yeah. one that's out there that I don't think would be a bad pickup for the Bears, Captain Munderland. I mean, I know him firsthand because he played on our defense this year and was a big piece this yeah. year and last year for the defense. But there are pieces out there that you can go get. One name that I can't remember if it was on Twitter or if it was in the comment section, someone said, well, now that we lost out on this guy, on Gilmore and uh, Bouye, do we go after Logan Ryan? I think that's the next. You got to go next man up. And if if we get too low on this, we're going to be in trouble again on that secondary. And... Uh, I don't think we can afford another year like that. So, yeah, Logan Ryan, totally serviceable. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be fine. I think fit-wise, uh, might be a minor adjustment because of our scheme, but I still would love to have him because he's a smart guy. He, And that's just, okay. I got I to gotta, I gotta resell myself because now I'm selling myself too much on Logan Ryan, and there's a reason he wasn't Dave's the gonna, first Dave's or second best. Dave's going to get hyped up. Dave's going to no, get hyped up. Serviceable corner should be a good fit in our system. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it would be absolutely the smartest thing. It's just we need to go all in on someone. We need to go get somebody who is actually worth our money. And no offense to Mike Glenn and no offense to Dion. It just we I, I I want someone who I can turn to at mid year this year, at the end of the year this mm-hmm. year, and go, man, I'm really glad we've spent the money on him in free agency. He's really paid his dues for year one. Mm-hmm. Totally happy. And I don't know that we've got a guy like that yet. The one thing I kind of fear is if the Bears do kind of. What seems to be a Chicago move, we see it in basketball a little bit more, but like in the cornerback position, I see the name Darrell Rivas on there, and it's like, oh. let, let's overpay for this old guy. Let's overpay for this old guy. But, but he lost 20 game. pounds since the end of the year. Yeah. He's getting back in shape. I, I just fear that that is the Chicago move. But before we wrap this up, we weren't going to talk about this in full, but I want to ask you about it anyways and just get your quick hit thoughts. Of course. If you were to say right now where Jay Cutler plays next season, what jersey is he in? What Jets. jersey is he in? You think he's in a Jet jersey? I think he's in a Jets jersey. I think that's it's still the most likely spot. Even with his boy B Marsh gone. Um Well he can't go to the Giants. He, he ain't going to the Giants. Three Leet Manning is not gonna not gonna no, get I, that I think spot. it's Jets or if somehow Houston loses out on the Romo lottery, mm-hmm. he could he could be a good fit in uh Texas. Is it funny how the Jets have just turned into, hey, who NFC, NFC North, uh, you, you giving up a quarterback? There's a team that you drafted quarterbacks, quarterback? though, but they don't like a single one of them. No. They've got what, like, they had, I think they had five quarterbacks on their roster mm-hmm. last year. Don't like any one of them. Not, not Christian Hackenberger just shows what they just, think of him after drafting him, what, last there, year? There's, like, literally, I think mm-hmm. in the last five years, they've drafted quarterbacks, like, Geno four Smith. out of five. They brought in Fitzpatrick, overpaid him for that. I mean, it's just it's a really, really sad time. So even if you do draft a quarterback mm-hmm. every year, there's a there's your warning sign mm-hmm. that you could be yep. you could still New be York wrong. Jets. But at least they had some guys to try. But kept going back to Fitzpatrick, <laughs> oh my god, no! This is where you guys come in though. Let us know, really, Bears fans. What did you think? What do you think about Gilmore and Bouye saying no to you guys going to Jacksonville, going to New England? And really, I want to know some names that you guys are yeah, looking who, who into. You, who do you want? That's the thing that I want to know. Who do you guys want the Bears to target as free agency continues here after day one in the NFL? And Dave, we're going to move on into our third topic out of four, moving away from Chicago. And uh, we're going to stay with the guy that came from the Bears. What a surprise! The Bears player? (laughs) But we're going to the city of brotherly love. And we are going to be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, what they did was they didn't get just one wide receiver. They got two. They've got Torrey Smith. They've got Alshon Jeffrey. Dave, 
hitting you with the softball question here. Do Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey make the Eagles chicken tenders? Because that's what you want. Not contenders. Chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. <laughs> uh, tough question there, Rick. Tough question. Um, yeah, this was the worst receiving core in the NFL last year, I want to say. Pretty close. And literally second. It was either second or them. It was the, the 49ers and the Eagles mm-hmm. both shared awful wide receiver performances last year. Oh, and hmm, they get a guy that was on that 49er hey, receiving core. But he was their best wide receiver. Yes, he was. So to be fair, he's the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I think that both these additions are huge. And I think that uh, it, it's an interesting thing because the Alshon contract is a one year, right? One year, yep, 14 one mil. year, 14 mil. Uh, so that, that'll be interesting because it'll be kind of like the, you know, let's test the waters. Let's see if... Uh, He's going to be a great fit if he can stay healthy with it. He's obviously going to command mm-hmm. a whole lot more money. If not, maybe they can get him a bargain again for a future longer-term contract. Uh, Torrey Smith, he's a professional. He's been in this league for a very long time. He can still do it. He can still go out there and run over the middle, fearless man, um, and just take shots. But he's a great possession-wide receiver. And I think that this is absolutely the right move to to kind of build up those wide receivers because you have a young quarterback in Wentz who very promising. He started off so hot last year. And I think that uh, the Eagles did him no due service with the wide receiving core with as many drops and uh, shit. I've even seen like just routes rung wrong. Um, just it, it didn't look good. And, and I think that he needs a better uh, surrounding cast to help him succeed. And I think that Jeffrey and Torrey Smith are absolutely great additions. And the one thing they did, I mean, you look at last year, really Jordan Matthews was their top receiver in the wide receiver core. I know they had Zach Ertz and Selleck for tight ends, but... When it came to receivers, really good. Jordan Matthews as, really to me, that was your go-to guy, even though on rlads.com he's listed in the slot. They go and they trade for DGB, Doriel Green Beckham from Tennessee. Really to me, that was a trade where it's like, huh? Why? Why? He hasn't really done anything with Tennessee. And you saw a flash last year. There was like one game where it's like, wow, he had a pretty nice catch. Is Is that what he could do? In this league, but and then Nelson Aguilar, where he gets drafted, he's a return specialist in my mind. Dropsies, indeed, and that's why I said return specialist because you got to hang on to the ball in order to be a wide receiver. So basically, what this move to me was from the Eagles was this was a reactionary move to what the Giants did a day before. The Giants announced on Wednesday, hey, we're signing Brandon Marshall. We're going to make it official tomorrow. We're going to have OBJ on this side. We're going to have Eli in the middle. We're going to have Brandon Marshall over here. We'll figure out the running back in the O-line situation, (laughs) but we want to rival the Dallas Cowboys. Well, this move with the Smith and Jeffrey move for the Eagles was them saying, "Yeah, you know what, we want to be closer to you guys and not closer to that dumpster fire behind us in the Washington Redskins, a team that we're going to talk about later. And... To me, this is exactly what you said. Carson Wentz, he's going to be entering his sophomore season. How do you make sure he doesn't have a sophomore slump? Get him two big receivers in Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey where, I mean, Smith on the outside, you could say just run a fly route and hit him going long. And with Alshon... Uh, speed anymore, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. not with the speed. I'm just saying with the route running ability yeah. and the catching ability. But <laughs> one of the uh, tweets that I saw today from Eagles Nation was a catch of Alshon right here, just two up, dragging as he's falling out that of man the back of the end zone. Everything. All the ball he, is secure. All you got to do is, if you're Wentz, throw it up, let Alshon go get it. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you got one, two, and Jordan. Jordan Aguilar, kind of a little mix in the slot, but really 
uh, Jordan Matthews is the guy Jordan who Matthews, Nelson is yeah. in your is in your slot position. Yep. But yeah, I I think the Eagles hit a home run with these two guys. And although I still have them as third in the division right now, it's going to be close, and this could no longer be the NFC least, and they can go back to being the NFC beast. I've got I've got two part for you. Okay. Number one, how hard does it hurt that uh, Alshon turned down a deal from your 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 own hometown fan Vikings? We were get, we wanted two years though, I believe. You did right? want a longer yeah. term contract, See, but well, uh, he said he saw a better future with the one year and with Carson Wentz. Well, it's it's not to me. I never read into the Carson Wentz thing. What really? I th- what I think this is is Alshon Jeffrey because apparently he got like we weren't the only ones. There were a lot of two-year deals think, that he was uh, getting. Yeah. There, there are a couple offers out there, but you two were the finalists. It's really one of the things where would I have loved to see Elshon in my uh, my nice purple jersey? Of course. We need wide receivers. I know we need wide receivers. But the thing with Elshon was the reason why he chose the one-year contract is he's kind of betting on himself. He's saying, you know what? I don't want to lock myself down for two years and be at a team. I want to go. I want to prove that I can play in this league. Well, really, we know he can play in the league, but it's one of those things, stay healthy and be the number one guy like he used to be. Really, it was like Marshall and Alshon were like two number ones out there for the Bears back in the day. And he wants to prove that. And if he can go out, he can have a a quality season. Like you said, he can get more money next season. And I mean, although it might be more money, if I'm the Vikings, I'm sitting there going, yeah, you know what? Go over to Philly. No matter if you if you stink or if you're not, we'll be here next year. If we still need a wide receiver and you're on the market, we'll probably offer at you again. It's not something where it's like I'm oh, why didn't we get Marsh or why didn't we get Elshon Jeffrey? It's just one of those things where, okay, you're gonna bet on yourself, go play in Philly, play your one year, and we'll see what happens next year. All right, with that one, right. I can respect that. And uh, the other one for the Eagles team, you said they went out and got two great young, you know, not young, two great wide receivers, mm-hmm. and uh, free agency. But that that offensive line does that scare you? Because right now that bit. is what I'm a little bit. What we watched last year be so successful. New England Patriots mm-hmm. had New England and I think Atlanta both had uh, like top five offensive lines, even with Dallas throughout and, the and Dallas. Season. It's it's snap count even mm-hmm. like they had the most consistent offensive lines. So when you look at teams like that who are building through the line, and even the Browns this year went out mm-hmm. and stole a couple offensive linemen. For some reason, Cincinnati's bizarro land. They don't value them. But <laughs> if you're an Eagles fan and you're, you're looking at you know developing this mm-hmm. young quarterback, do you feel like you need to do something to address offensive line? Well, I mean, the, like good, that's a whole? the good thing that I'm seeing and the one thing I'm looking while looking at their depth chart is the great thing that ourlads.com does is if it's a big red name, Dave, they're a free agent, probably not coming back next season. And on the offensive line, whether, like they say, Peters, Barbie, Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson, none of those are red names. None of them are red. So even if you bring back all five and have them in the same order, that's consistency from last year to this year. I was honestly a little surprised with the Eagles. I thought a name that they could have went out and went for was actually an ex-Viking player in Ryan Khalil. Yeah. I thought they were going to go after Khalil, bring him in on the offensive line, and really, if I'm looking at it as an Eagle fan, I'm not like, ooh, I'm scared of that offensive line because Carson Wentz is a mobile guy. And when I say mobile, I mean he's got that, I've always called it when we were doing draft profiles of that kind of Big Ben running style of like, okay, I'm back, 
I'm going to push it up the middle to try to get a few yards. He's not going to be no Michael Vick busting <laughs> on the outside, making making you dance, making you fall over. But he's also a guy that can move to the outside and throw on the run and hit receivers. And I, I look at that and I go, you know what? Is the offensive line ideal? No. Sacked 33 times last year. It's it's not pretty, but if it's one thing, if he can get the ball out to these receivers quick and you don't have long developing plays. No, no it, more seven step drops. No more seven step. Maybe one, two, three, boom. This could be a better offense than it was last year just with the additions of Jeffrey and Smith. Now the thing that they really need to do, and this is where the offensive line might come in more, that run game. Can Ryan Matthews provide a little bit more spark in the run game? Can Darren Sproles, can a guy like Wendell Smallwood, what are we going to see from him in a second year in this system? That's what I look at with the offensive line. you got to balance what, what it out. You? No, I think you're absolutely right. The One of the biggest things is having a balanced attack because mm-hmm. if you just sit back and let Wentz throw all day, they're going to drop seven guys, eight guys, mm-hmm. and not worry about packing the box because you know what? We're just gonna pick you off if you're. He he threw 14 interceptions, 16 touchdowns. So I mean, he was positive too. Mm-hmm. Give you credit, but uh, let's be honest. Some of those were really bad throws. I well, mean, really bad. But and I, like I you think said, that, Carson Wentz came out on fire that fire. first like two weeks. Yep. I, I think you you got to balance out that Ryan Tech, Darren Sproles. I don't know. He's, he's getting he's, kind of old. I was gonna say he's long he's in the tooth. Kind of old. He he is a spry, short, quick guy mm-hmm. who can give you a small burst of offense, but. I think they need, like, I don't know if Ryan Matthews is truly the right fit for this team. There, There's a lot of guys out there uh, who could uh, be perhaps a better fit. You know, a guy who played for the Champions last year, maybe Mr. LeGarrette <laughs> Blunt. Um, no, I think that I think that he could be a good fit here. I think getting a big bruiser like him where you can force teams to stack out the box, you get better matchups on mm-hmm. the outside. You get Alshon maybe won't get one-on-ones uh, in this offense because you do have Torrey Smith on the other side. You could force them. You know, tight ends, they've been utilizing their tight ends in Philadelphia since the Andy Reid days. They love tight ends in that offense. So, honestly, I think that they do need to go out, get... I don't know if because you said they're they're looking to return the entire offensive line. They're I still to. feel like there's needs you to got, be you got to get obviously improvement. Just because you return everybody doesn't mean you're you're okay. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's not going to be like ooh, we're perfectly fine. But in the consistency department, consistency, sure. it's the same guys. And the one thing I do want to throw out about Carson Wentz though, yeah. when because it is the same offensive line from last year to this year, his lowest QBRs last year yep. were thirty point seven, a thirteen. <laughs> a 22 and a 30.7. You look at the teams that he played, though, the 30.7s came against the Washington Redskins. So what cornerback was on one of those sides of the field, basically taking away half the field? Josh yeah. Norman. Yep. The other 30.7 was the Seattle Seahawks, dominant defense. And then the other two, the 13, <laughs> no big deal, just my Minnesota Vikings. I mean, no big deal. It's when the defense was really good. And then the 22.2, the New York football Giants. So there were teams. I know the second time that he got a second look at the Giants, 77.3. But that first time, 22.3, all of those are really good defenses. So it's one of those things where you kind of go, yeah, he had some crap games in the QBR department, but he went up against good defenses there. Washington was probably the weakest defense out of the four that I listed. Washington was even performing pretty highly, too, mm-hmm. though. You got to give him credit. Um, no, I'm with you. I think that uh future is bright for Philly, though. I feel like they're 
their upside is really good. I feel like they're comfortable mm-hmm. with Wentz. I think that teams are kind of like, man, I'm glad we weren't stuck in that position last year, having to pick between the top two picks at quarterback. Uh, Wentz right now is looking like a clear winner. Looks like a lot better than Jared Goff. Yeah, just just coming off a little. little <laughs> Looks bit a better. lot better than sorry, Jared LA. Goff. But the one, the last thing I kind of want to mention mm-hmm. is this: the whole to the contender side of it. Is this NFC East division next year now because oh. of this move? Is this a three dog race between? Because here's the thing I want to throw at you. Yep. On the onside kick, we talked about Brandon Marshall going to the Giants, and when I came to the prediction side of it, Mark said that. It's kind of like almost a flip where maybe now because of Brandon Marshall, the Giants are at 12 and 4, the Cowboys are at 11 and 5, but it's that. It's like one game separates them next year. Mm -hmm. Because of Mm -hmm. these two, do the Eagles kind of throw their name into Is this going to be a three dog race for the NFC East? I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. I I have faith in this team. But I don't think they're anywhere near as loaded as the as the Giants are. Because this was or a seven and nine team. Even if they can get three more wins, they're a ten and six team. And I still don't think they're as talented as the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants. Like the Giants, just Eli Manning on any given day can mm-hmm. be one of the best, probably a top top three quarterback in the league. It's just when he's got it, he's got it. And the rest of the time, he looks like a clueless dope out there, which. Thankfully for them, is not too often. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, those interceptions just start to hurt you. And on the other end of this floor, you got Dak. You know the the fourth round miracle boy. The ceiling is, is just, the roof. Don't forget that the ceiling, the ceiling is, is the roof. roof. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but he's a smart guy, and you know he limits the turnovers, mm-hmm. and he plays within that Dallas team's strengths. And I think that Wentz can do similar things to uh, Philadelphia. I think that now, given two. Massive, like mm-hmm. you got to think. Three of the five worst wide receivers in football, I think, by Pro Football Rating or whatever, were uh, Eagles. We're on the Eagles, yeah. yeah. So I mean, unheralded amount of upgrade there. You're, you're getting so much more benefit out of that. But I think top to bottom, this Eagles roster isn't as talented as either of those two. I'm not ruling it out totally because I'm. There's always a chance for injury or for you know an uncharacteristically bad year like we saw out of you know Baltimore and the year before out of. Uh, the even the Falcons, you know, it's just like every year some teams just going to have a step back, you know, for no overall reason. Mm-hmm. That you, you can't predict it. So, is there a shot? Sure, just just so EDP doesn't get angry at me. There's a <laughs> shot. Yeah, you you don't but, want you want EDP full full five coming after you. But the one thing I will say is I'm going to fight my inner Ricky. Yep. And not overreact. Yep. I, I'm still sticking by my guns. It's going to be Cowboys and Giants yeah, I think fighting an it out. Team. Both of them are playoff contenders yep. for Cowboys and Giants. Oh, yeah. Easily. They'll fight it out for the um, NFC East crown. But the one thing I do think that this move, these moves by the Eagles, what they do, and we're going to get into this team to end the podcast, mm-hmm. is if I'm the Washington Redskins and if I'm Vance watching this video, I'm sitting there going... Well, fuck, what do we do? Because we're the, the Redskins are going to be in. The, I will put money on it. Redskins are in the cellar of this division. They done messed up. They are in the cellar because what do they have left? But before we get on into them, because I feel like that's where we're going. This is where you guys come in. Let us know about the Eagles. What do you think about Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey signing with the team? Are they now contenders in this division? Maybe even 
for the playoffs. Are we going to see three teams from this division go get that little overreaction in the comment section? But Dave, we're going to move on into our last discussion, and it is we're keeping it in the NFC East, and it's the Redskins, and I'm just going to get right into it. I'm throwing you the question. All right. Should the Redskins trade Kirk Cousins? We're going. At, we're just going right in. Guns are blazing. Right in. Boom, 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 boom. It's high noon. Well, what what the hell is left if you trade Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just giving you nothing. Well, the context here: they just lost their best wide receivers. Two, both of them. Yeah, yeah, two thousand yeah, yard wide them. receivers. Uh, you, you made it very apparent to Kirk Cousins he's not a not really welcome there long term. Mm-hmm. Because that's not in the running for you. You can't franchise tag him next year because then you have to pay him thirty four million. Thirty four million. I, just pull the freaking trigger. <laughs> pull the trigger. He, he's not wanted there. You made that super clear. Uh, you're, you're just holding on to him because you got nothing better to do, which I can understand from an organization standpoint because you don't want to put out a shit product because then no one will come watch. You won't make mm-hmm. money, and you'll be heavily criticized for shitting the bed publicly. They but fired too bad the GM you already too. did. They fired the GM, too, Scott McCaughlin. Yep. He's gone. Bye-bye. Yeah, you already did. It's a terrible environment right now. Like They are just... You were negative, man. I'm negative about the, this. Should this yeah. should happen? Like, just trade the guy. Yeah, let him go. Trade the guy. See, you don't want to keep him there. He's unhappy. He's not going to give you his best. Well, Although he might, because he might be playing for a contract somewhere else. That's what they're hoping for. Well, I bet. The, the reason why I trade the reason why I trade him now, if I'm the Redskins, is because you can get something for him now before Tony Romo gets traded. Basically, yep. what you can do is you could say we're gonna, your own price. We're going to get into a bidding war. Hey, Denver. Hey, Houston. We know you don't want Jay Cutler. Nobody wants Jay Cutler except for Mike Rankin. Nobody wants Jay Cutler. Even the 49ers. Even the 49ers didn't want Jay Cutler. The Bears don't want Jay Cutler. Nobody. And we know that Denver and we know that Houston don't really want Jay Cutler over a Romo. But if it's Kirk Cousins, I think that Houston ponies up a little bit more for, wait, we can get Kirk Cousins? We, we don't need to. The 49ers want him, too, for the Shanahan connection, of course. Well, yeah, the 49ers. You, but I think you that's could, a spiteful situation where they're not going to even give him the option. Yeah, and the reason why I say trade him now is the longer you wait, mm-hmm. the longer you get into a situation like we talked about with the Bears. Like, if you get to the trade deadline week and go, yeah, now we're going to trade them, teams will go, nah, just keep them. We'll find him at the end of the season. We know that's his address. Fair. I think the only way he goes up in value is if a quarterback goes down during the season, mm-hmm. which... It's been bound Could to happen. happen. I mean, it's it's happened every year. We, we see guys go down with injuries. Yeah, the NFL is a tough league mm-hmm. to stay healthy. And so outside of a uh, quarterback going down with an injury, I don't see him moving. But for the love of God, I want him to be out of there because it's a bad situation for him. Like, this is how you – you know how we were just talking about the Eagles setting mm-hmm. up for success? This is how you set for failure. Yeah. Because you've now robbed him of his best two offensive weapons. And, like, you know, you don't want to play here, but we're going to make you play here. We're, we're not going to give you any help. But we want you to go out there and perform at your best. And not just that. Like, the thing that I thought of was not only did you let the two offensive weapons walk into Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Yep. You didn't go after Jeffrey. Nope. You didn't go after Torrey Smith. You didn't try to. You didn't go after Brandon Marshall seriously. Like, we didn't know if maybe Brandon Marshall wasn't the one. Like, I don't think he'd go to the Redskins over the Giants. Not but a like, chance. But Alshon, I think if you said, oh, Alshon, here's one mil for 14. He picked the Redskins to play with Kirk Cousins. But, I mean, but why would anyone go there if you know all this is going on with Kirk Cousins not <sighs> wanting to be there? And I think that the big the big reason of this, and I think that it's one of those things where I'm going to say it and everyone's going to go, wow, Ricky, wait for telling me that I need to drink water to live. But hey. it's really Dan Snyder. 
Dan Schneider's the problem. He needs to not be the owner anymore, and everything would be solved. It's a bit out of touch. Well, it's not just out of touch. It's I, I kind of get this complex where it's like he's the guy where I'm right, you're wrong. Whatever I say goes. You can't tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's not how you run a business. Sometimes we are all wrong. And it kind of goes, I know this isn't the should they trade him part of it, but you look at a guy like John Lynch coming in new to the GM scene in San Fran, Every interview he's in, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just surrounding my guys. I'm surrounding myself with guys that are going to help me be the best and make sure that we can win because I can't do it all on my own. I'm new to this. I'm going to surround myself with the best football minds so that we can win. You don't get that in Washington. I mean, they did fire, They did just fire Scott McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got rid of the GM. So it's a start. It's still it's still dumpster fire, dude. And just dude, start. did you hear the story about like before the combine about the stuff with McCaughlin? Did you hear that that weird stuff where it's like, oh well, the GM for the Redskins isn't at the combine. That's kind of weird. And they come out with a story like, oh, you know, he he's dealing with his grandmother's funeral. Well, some reporters did some digging, and they're like, well, that's kind of fishy because his grandmother died in early February. Why would they wait a month uh, for the funeral? So it's kind of like, uh, I think he's going to be fired. That's yeah. why he's not here. I, I actually, it's weird to say, I'm, I wasn't totally, hate, I didn't dislike him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is just more of a, I'm going to clear everything out from under me and hope to God that I keep my job ownership role. Well, and it's one of those things where, you know. Because what in, else is there to move? You know who's in the driver's seat? Kirk Cousins. Yep. He's right there in the driver's seat because it's one of those things where he'll he'll play this season. He'll be fine. There will be teams at the end of he'll next be fine. season. Fine. Well, he's it, gonna put. Up, the, the problem is he's unless hurt. he gets injured. This hurts his stock though. Like no Does matter it, what, though? I don't. You're think... gonna play a year without having a without having wide receivers. No offense to Crowder, but like. No, you don't. You just lost two thousand yard wide receivers. I don't think it does because I think it's, if he hits free agency next year, he's a niner. The Niners are the team where it's like but, I don't care what you do. But we're talking about a contract difference of mm-hmm. maybe he's only gonna get you know nineteen million compared to twenty four million or you know I know at that point it's like oh who gives a f-? but no it really does matter. I well, mean. it matters to them because yeah. it's their money exactly. I, I don't think because of I these think his two performance weapons, is gonna be de- his degraded no- because of not having the guys around him. There's a difference between performance and numbers. The numbers might go down because he doesn't have those weapons there. But I think that the product that we saw on the field last year from Kirk Cousins, the what he brings to the game, the intensity that he brings mm-hmm. to the quarterback position, that's not going to go anywhere. The like the whole reason, it's an interesting point. The whole reason we got the you like that or the oh, oh what's the second like one he did when he said it to the how about how do you like me now when he did that one? The reason why he does that is because after the game, and I don't know if you guys noticed. But he is a feisty fellow after the game. The adrenaline's pumping, and especially when he gets excited, that's when we get those. That's not going to go anywhere just because he lost to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Like, that's not going anywhere. How I see this playing out is, should the Redskins trade him? Hell yeah. Trade him in a heartbeat. But will they trade him? No. What's probably going to happen is one of two things. He plays out the year with the Redskins. His numbers are less because he doesn't have the same options. Crowder will be his number one wide receiver with Jordan Reed being number two or switch him. Those are going to be so Jordan Reed is really the dude. And then either one of two things will happen at the end of the season. He'll walk and go to San Fran. 
because Kyle Shanahan will be like, thank you, Brian Hoyer, for being our placeholder. Yep. The royal king of San Fran is now here to play. Or he gets franchise tagged, and he gets a ton of money. It's a win-win for Kirk Cousins. you got to survive unless, the season. Unless he gets injured, it's a win-win for Kirk yeah, Cousins. you got to survive the season, and you, you got to make yourself— the, the problem is, I think a lot of this is happening publicly, mm-hmm. and it doesn't help his image. I know. I think we all are siding, all are siding with him from uh, MVP. But mm-hmm. I think that publicly, it doesn't look great when you have a quarterback who is so outspoken and who is basically going, "But I don't want to come play for you. I want to go play for my old friends." See, but I don't see it that. And then that's the thing. I know you're saying, "Well, we see it." In Correct. Her cousins. I don't see it that way. Mainly because. Look at the Redskins as an entire organization. They have not been the best organization They're not to kind of work with. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the way I see it is, you know what? I've been disrespected. I'm not going to be disrespected anymore. Trade me. And the one thing I was going to ask you, Dave, because I haven't heard anything. Has he signed his tender yet? I am not sure about because that. Because the one thing I would say is if he hasn't signed his tender, you know what? I would be as almost as bold to say, fuck it, I won't sign my tender and I'll sit out. <laughs> I will sit out. I then don't you know don't, about then that. you don't have to worry about injury. You don't have to worry about the downplay, like, oh, well, my numbers are lower. Yeah. And he'll just go to San Fran at the end of the year. Unless, you, like I said, you want to tag me and pay me money. Yeah, because I, I, I will sign. Just... I will sign next year's tender. I'm not passing up 34 million dollars. Uh, he, he's going to go out there. He's. I hope he's just going to go out there and be a professional player. He's unhappy. He's he's mm-hmm. visibly unhappy. He's vocally unhappy. He's letting everybody in the world know he doesn't want it. But at the end of the day, you got a job. Just do the job, like he said. And you got to look forward to next year and hope that uh, hope you know that your boy. Your boy's going to watch out for you, bring over to San Francisco, and there will be a better situation for you. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, if I'm the Redskins, I am calling the Titans. Uh, not the Titans. I'm calling the Texans up. I'm calling the Broncos up. Get the I'm, runner up for Romo. Not the runner up. I'm saying you guys know you want the young You want the young calf, not the old bull. The, the asking price might be so high, though. The asking price is going to be higher because he is, the like I said, the young calf, not the old bull. Jesus Christ. But it's Could you not with the... <laughs> no stepbrotherism? <laughs> we don't Killing really, me over your We don't want to go with stepbrothers. But that's the thing. Like, if I'm, if I'm especially the Houston Texans, I'll pay up a little bit to go after Kirk Cousins. Now, the thing with the Texans that's awkward is you basically gave up draft picks to get rid of Brock the Cock. So how's that gonna work? You know, you know what's interesting. More picks to get Kirk Cousins. You know what? I'm just gonna toss out that it's interesting. I know this this is night one of uh, free agency. So again, keep this timer in mind. Hit me with it. The Browns are getting calls about Brock Osweiler. One of those rumor teams is. You gotta you gotta start thinking. Could it be? So you're saying could. You're saying that the Redskins and the Browns do a swaparoo for Kirk Cousins and Brock the Cock? The Browns have a lot of ammunition. They have a lot of picks. Kirk Cousins could win in Cleveland. They've got and yeah. I just said win in Cleveland in the same sentence. This year, not NBA. Yeah, this We're not year NBA folks. My God. <laughs> this year the Browns have two ones, mm-hmm. two twos, a three, two fours, three fives, and a six. Next year a two or one one, three twos, a three, two fours. I mean, and it just keeps going. Like so. Well, hey, I don't know. It, we could see some Brock some craziness the, happen next week. Of, Brock, the, uh, Brock the cock in the twelve. 
Rock the cock in the 12 for uh, Kirk Cousins, and then you throw in whatever other picks. Sprinkle that, in some other picks. Well, and, um, other yeah, but, picks on each side. Yep. On each side. I don't of even course, know. there's going to be more than that. Uh, who knows what the value is these days, but it could be something interesting. We could see something absolutely crazy mm-hmm. happen because out of this. Because apparently the asking price for Jimmy G has gone up Dose a bit. ones. Has gone up quite a bit, and I don't think the Browns give up the number one pick and the number 12 pick no, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Number one this year, number oh, one next okay. year. They're okay. already declaring the Browns the worst team in the league. Okay. That's the Patriots said, I'm pretty sure. So, 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 I'll check so, on you, that. so you get two picks, but the one thing, I, I think it'd be interesting because that's the thing that when the Browns got Brock the Cock, it didn't say release. They said they're looking to trade or release. Yep. Yep. And if I'm the Browns... They're real excited about that number two pick, though. Or the, that second round pick. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, tweet goes out. Great, great pick, number two. Oh, yeah, and Brock, that guy, I guess he can compete. <laughs> like, sure, we'll give him a shot. Why he, not? He can compete with the uh, the ex-Redskin uh, quarterback that God. we have on the roster. Yeah, before already. he gets cut. Could you imagine that? They trade Brock for Kirk Cousins, and oh, Kirk Cousins is starting over RG3? That was because he would be. The Browns wouldn't say you're going to fight for the position. What a horrible tin! What has happened, Ricky? Where did I get the tinfoil hat from? That that would be full circle. That would be the just redskin life or just their lives coming full circle. Of now, the teacher has become the student has become the teacher in this sense. Good the Lord. third round pick is now the starter when the first round pick is now. Got I would no say, knees. I would say even the third stringer. I'd put Cody Kessler over RG3. RG3 got no knees. I'd say Kirk Cousins <laughs> number one, Cody Kessler number two, RG3 number three. Poor Redskins. And then That's Brock, how I guess I And then just, Brock the Cock can go deal with uh, Dan I, Snyder and uh, the Redskins. I wish nothing but the worst for Dan Snyder. I hope he removes himself from being the <laughs> owner of this team. So they can move on with their lives and, you know, get a, get a respectable team back together. I like the way you think, Dave. I like that trade. The Bro- That's what we do. Brock the cock for Kirk Cousins. That's what we're going to end it on. Throw in some picks. That's what we're Make it happen, on. Browns. Make it happen, Dan Snyder. And this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Well, first answer the question. Do you think that... Kirk Cousins is going to, or should he be should traded? Should he be traded? Should, should he the man traded? get his freedom? And then I want you to talk about the tinfoil hat that we both put on at the end. With, I'd, hey, I'd love Brock the Cock for Kirk Cousins, especially if I'm on the brown side You of like that. that? I do. I like that. How do you like me now, Dave? <laughs> How do you like me now? But thank you for listening to this new edition of Behind the Pen. Mike will be back next week to... Let you know what we, we miss missed you, about the Bears. You can you can go twenty five minutes on Cutler. <laughs> he can go twenty. Notice how we mentioned Jay Cutler, but we didn't go really. Big we left on it Jay for Cutler. you. We, we left him for you, buddy boy. But we can't wait to have Mike Rankin back next week. I want to thank you guys for listening and watching. If you liked the video, hit that like button. If you loved it, hit the subscribe button. Thank you guys for watching and listening again. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.